When I record podcasts, I like to stay hydrated. Who knew talking could be so hard? My favorite drink to have to hand is Lifeline's Hydro OG. It's a tried and tested product for me. It helped me and my team complete a 24-hour podcast, giving us the edge that we needed to get over the finish line. So whether you're at the gym, on a bike ride, or just trying to get over that night before, Lifeline's Hydro OG has got your back. Each serving is stocked with all the healthy ingredients and vitamins you could ask for. There are a great range of flavors, and with each serving at only 18 calories, you really can't go wrong. Here at the Shrewsbury Biscuit Podcast, we like to support local, independent companies and brands, and Lifelines is a product that I am proud to endorse. Go to lifelines.com. Now that's L-Y-F-E-L-I-N-E-Z.com to find out more. Now, without further ado, here is today's episode. Hey guys, how's it going? Welcome to the Shrewsbury Biscuit Podcast. I'm Alex Whiteley. My wife, my mic seems really quiet for some reason. I don't know why. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm, it's a it's a it's a drizzly Sunday afternoon, and I'm doing the thing I love to do the, the most, and that's sitting down and having a conversation. Uh, it's what I love to do. I want to give you guys a, a shout out. I want to give a shout out to Web Orchard. You're going to be hearing a lot about them at the moment. Um, so for years, Web Orchard have made a website for us. Um, but I went and ruined it by changing my RSS, my host. If you know podcasting, you understand what I'm saying. So I, I completely changed my host, who I send my podcast to, who then send it out to other people. And that code got broken up. So I, I effectively ruined our own website. But um, Web Orchard are making us a state-of-the-art website. So they are our sponsors. Uh, and if you need a website, trust me, those are the guys to go to. They're on Coton Hill, the local, and they know exactly what they're talking about. So if you need a podcast of any uh, a website, should I say, maybe for your podcast, I don't know, well, go to the Web Orchard. So uh, big shout out to those guys. Uh, now today, uh, we're talking uh, uh, to, to Stephen Marshall, and Stephen Marshall Coaching, who got in touch with me. Thank you so much for joining me. Yeah, thank you for having me. It's uh, it's nice to meet you. Uh, we've, been, we've been speaking to a lot of... Um, a lot of people that better other people's lives in, in one way, shape, or form, and I find it's been really rewarding because I don't know if you think about it, feel the same, listeners. Uh, if you're listening, we've been on a bit of a journey together. We have indeed. <laughs> it's been a rocky couple of years. It has. Uh, we were just talking about the pandemic and stuff because yes, we, we were talking about the apartment and stuff. And I, I'm always talking about you know our say our trials and tribulations. Uh, we've we've we, we have we went through a bit of an ordeal um, through through the pandemic, but not as bad as some people did. Um, but we all got affected, and I think it's still affecting people. Yeah, it is. Yeah, today. Yeah, I know? think the the number one thing I come across um, is people that think that they're not affected by the pandemic, and then it just kind of hits them in the face subliminally. Yeah, yeah. It, it it's like they they kind of blocked out they were on zoom parties and they didn't mm-hmm. think that they that they weren't going to get affected by it and then all of a sudden they don't want to go to a birthday party or they don't want to go to a christmas party 
uh, and you know we still talk we are still talking about this and i think it's important because it, that happened to me yesterday it happened to oh, me yesterday really? right i worked so i thought you know saturdays is usually a day where i like to stay away from the retail parks and stuff because yeah. it's super super busy That's but not. my yeah it is my little boy was really ill i think yeah, he come down with a like he really scared us actually because uh the night before he got a really high temperature um and then the next day he was just flat out just napping he kept running to the toilet to be sick and i had to go and get supplies and i was like oh i've got to do this but I've, it's my son got to yeah do. of course so i went to home bargains and oh my god there were so many people yeah. in there and every single aisle there was like between eight or twelve people down every yeah. single aisle and i felt so i don't do that the, the enclosed spaces and, yeah. and claustrophobic i think but i did feel it then i felt yeah. really panicky and i was like yeah. oh my god this is terrible I, I was the same when we came out of lockdown. I remember being in the bullring in Birmingham and I considered myself quite a confident person around large crowds. Um, and I don't know what it was. I was outside of Selfridges and I just couldn't catch my breath. And it was just, I was just getting pushed into left, right and center. And then that's when I re- realized that um, it doesn't matter who you are, the, the anxiety can off, off the back of lockdown could, can really mess with you when you don't expect it's going to. Yeah. And I feel like this is something you've got to constantly, constantly work out as well. There's no quick fix for any kind of anxiety, any serious mental health issues, even the smallest things. Sometimes you need to work at these things all the time. I think uh, the the thing we can relate to at the moment, it can be a bit annoying to see. I don't know. I I mean, I've been watching um, I'm a Celebrity Get Me Out of Here. I love it. I like (laughs) There's some weird things I like, and that's one of the weird things. And Boy George is in there. And he's he's um he's meditating yeah. and he's using mantras and yeah. stuff and people have got I mean I I feel like maybe he could be a bit you know a bit more because uh, in the mornings he's waking everybody up with these yeah things. I understand yeah but I think it's really important that he's doing that for himself for himself and to show people that there are ways to deal with yeah there's there's, a, there's something I came across recently um, I didn't think I was a selfish person. I think I'm, I'm quite a given person, partners, family, friends. Yeah. Um, but I will put my own mental stability before anybody else because I can't give to anybody if I'm not 100%. Yeah, I think that's really important. The, the num- the, there's, a, there's a quote I'm sure a lot of people on here would have heard of, but um, you can't pour from an empty cup. So how can I pour into your cup to give you some of my water if I haven't got a full jug? Yes. And it's uh, it is important to to you know especially when you you're driving down the road you know we're driving these machines that can crash into things at seventy yeah. mile an hour you you're going to pick the kids up from school mm-hmm. or you you've got to be respectable in your job yeah. you know they're, they're, we are driving you know metaphorically we are driving a moving vehicle course, yeah. and we've got to stay on the course haven't yeah. we yeah yeah definitely it's the I'm probably going to come onto this quite a few times but it's about wearing so have you heard um the philosophy that we wear different masks for different situations. Uh, yeah. 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 So I believe it's very healthy to understand what masks fit into what scenarios. Cause I can't wear my boys when I'm up with the lads. I can't wear that mask around my missus. Yeah. I can't wear my missus mask around the boys, nor can I wear it around my parents or in my, when I'm at work, when I've got clients, when I'm talking to them, I can't be a lad like I am with the boys. Everyone's got them couple of friends who you just, you want to give someone a wedge, you want to push someone over. They, they, they're your best friend you've yeah, been yeah. for years. So I believe we've got to get very comfortable at wearing masks. We've got to understand that we wear masks. And so many people want to say, no, I, I don't wear masks. But it's healthy to understand that if I can differentiate between 
my friend mask, my parent mask, my employer's mask, and not try and wear too many masks at once, because that's what we do. Um, we try and put masks on top of each other. We try and put our parent mask and our partner mask and our employee mask all on top of each other without taking little breaks in between them things. Yeah. I was speaking to a gentleman the other day, um, and he was really struggling with his work-life balance. He's He was unemployed for a long time, and he was a great partner at home. He was a stay-at-home dad. And after he got his dream job, he started to neglect his family. And I said to him, it's not about neglect or you being one better than the other. It's about taking gaps in between them. Because we rush home. If you think you finish your job, yeah. you drive home, you come straight in, you see your, your partner, you see your child. But there's no gap in between them. Yeah. Like how about you just park around the corner for five, you put a meditation, your favorite song, you do a little bit of breath work, and then you come in, you know you're ready to engage, you've took your work mask off, you've put your partner and your parent mask on, and you've come in. Yeah. So straight away you... you decompress. You, you've decompressed from work. Yeah. Because you can't bring the stresses from work into your home. Because as much as we like to think our partners want to hear about our day at work, nobody really wants to hear about your day at work. They want to know if you had a good day or a bad day. But they don't want to hear about Margaret in IT and how she messed up the email. And, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> we We... All of that information is your, that needs to be de decompressed before you come in. I was, um, I had a, I mean, I was talking to, I had a meeting with Lincoln Davis the other day. I was chatting to, to Anna and Tara about, you know, originally the Shoes of Biscuit was a business idea. Uh, I mean, it's just a podcast, but like if I was going to make it into a business, the the idea would be, Nice coffee shop upstairs, two, two studios, right? So they kind of... I love the idea. I love the thought of that. Yeah. One of them in the middle of the square in town. Yeah. That would be brilliant. So you could complain about Margaret getting the emails wrong. Yeah. And you can get that out. And, you know, journal, journal taking journal, it is yeah, great. Journaling's great. Um, the gym, journaling, walking, just it, it needs to be something that's for you. Yeah. It can't be, let me go home and get my child and go on a walk because you, you, you're not going to be decompressed when you're taking the child on yeah. a walk. So you could get annoyed at your child for no reason of their, their own. They've been themselves. You know who your child is. You know the age they are. You know they're going to mess around with the children. Yeah. But just because you've had a bad day at work, you can take it out on them. And remember that I'm sure we can all remember one time we got shouted at when we were younger. Yeah. All the time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I got shouted all the time. But, if our parents, our grandparents, whoever shouted at us, just decompressed a little bit, just took that time to kind of take five minutes out of their their day just before they came into the house, we might not have got yelled at. Maybe. Hmm? It's a good thought. It is a good thought. And, I, you know, um, there, there are times I think you, you do go rushing into things um, without thinking, yeah. you know, especially when you've, you come up. There are, there are genuine times I've come home from work and I've just been absolutely, I've been livid or I've been so like, oh, you know, yeah. you know those bad days yeah, at yeah, work. Yeah, yeah. And my, I walk in and my wife, me and my wife, we talk to each other about our emotions and stuff all the time. She's like, are you all right? I'm like, no. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm not. It is nice to be there for, for each other. And it's not, yeah. if you've got an opportunity to get it off your chest, yes. But um, I guess I'm different because, I'm sort of, I work nights, so I'm ending my day as everybody's beginning yeah. this. So, and, I, and you know, you were talking about being selfish. Yes. I guess it is kind of selfish for me to be coming and be like, oh, yeah. and then I go to bed and my wife's just sat there like, oh. And you have, you've affected her day so much. Yeah. From you not decompressing. 
yeah. for five minutes for you just yeah. to see it. And and the song can be, I've, I had a client a couple of years ago who you, their decompression song was Slipknot, Iowa. One of mine is Duality, actually. Oh, Duality is a great, that's my, yeah. that's my uh, lifting song. If I go for a PB, that's what I lift. Yeah, 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 yeah. All I've got is, is Insanity. Yeah, like, yeah. That's just it's it. amazing. And I, um, <laughs> so I never used to listen to Slipknot. And I love, my music is so varied, you know, it really is. I love my hip hop, my old school 90s yes. hip hop. Couldn't agree more. Um, J5. Yep. Uh, Nas, um, I, I don't know. There's so much out yeah. there that I just absolutely vibe to, vibe to. But um, I love my rock as well. Um, and I would never listen to Slipknot because I don't know what it was. There was something about him I didn't like. Yeah, until I until I started doing the radio uh, a couple of years ago, and uh, you know uh, we had um, Ryan's Corner. He was my friend in America, and he'd be like, he'd give me a few songs to play, and we'd play his songs. Okay. And he would always select Slipknot, and I would take my playlist. And I'd put it on my phone and I'd listen through it in the car on the, the day before the radio show to make sure there was no problems with the music. And, yeah. and then Duality came on and I was like, and I, I teared up. I'm not even joking. I'm not yeah. exaggerating. I teared up hearing this music and I turned it up full blast yeah. because it just affected me so emotionally. So now I'm listening to Slipknot all the time. <laughs> it's just yeah. weird, isn't it? Oh, yeah. How we've yeah. these journeys. Yeah, I think, I think that's another thing. It's just... Um, not having a closed off mind. I don't know about yourself, but after I got over the age of 30 and I didn't have all of the, what society says you must have. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. A home, a car, kids, all this kind of thing, married. <laughs> For me, it's, it's uh, I, the one thing I had to let go of is uh, my family in Ireland, because they're in Ireland and they live in curvy, worthy country roads. Yeah. They hate the fact I drive an automatic, right? And the, the, the issue with me driving an automatic is I had to do that for myself because I was moving from Telford to Shrewsbury, still worked in Telford, need to pass quick, right? right. So I just, bam, it's quicker to learn an automatic. Yeah, yeah. I've done it. I'm there now. Yeah, yeah, cool. I don't care. It's not, I've never got to somewhere and gone, I wish I'd have done that in a manual. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yet people are like, oh my God, you so boring driving an automatic. I would never drive an automatic. I'm like, I don't care. Like, yeah. And I had to, it seems simple. Yeah. But you're right. No. It's one of those things you have to let go of. Yeah, you do. Yeah. Yeah. So I, after the age of 30, I stopped. I, I had, wait, I went on, I went to Ibiza for my 30th birthday. Cool. And um, I had a mini breakdown. Okay. And this is where kind of, I, I was always kind of helping people and um, I was in the military. So when I came out of the military in 2012, I was always kind of, I knew that I was going to make Stephen Marshall coaching. It just kind of happened. I went to the QE quite a lot and helped out with wounded veterans and just kind of spoke to guys who couldn't decompress from the military because not a lot of people know this about the military, but they don't get you ready for civilian life. No, no, I've heard, yeah. I'll just give you a quick example. Um, I was on the, I was in the military for five and a half years, a very short term. Um, I came out, I lived with my grandparents and parents before I went in the military came out got a very nice job in birmingham as a security officer in a tax firm um kpmg and i got a nice little apartment the british legion helped me get this apartment in the opposite um the mailbox so right in the middle of birmingham and i was like wow this is cool yeah Do you know what I mean? yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm a young lad and I'm, I'm 20 i think i was 26 at the time and I'm in, I'm in the middle of Birmingham, this new city. I'm from Newcastle originally. No way, really? <laughs> <laughs> I knew that was going to come. I mean, that could, that could, I mean, I could, that could fall flat on your face. You can't yeah. be like, oh, you're from Newcastle, but no, I'm from Durham. Yeah, 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 could, yeah easily. Yeah. Um, and I've been gone a long, long enough time for my accent to kind of mellow out. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I'm in the middle of Birmingham and I, 
got a knock at the door. I was on nights so on my security job and I got a knock at the door and it was a bailiff. And this bailiff said, are you Mr. Marshall? I said, yes, I am. Um, the letter, the postal service in our building wasn't very good. The, there was wrong stickers on wrong uh, letter boxes and nobody really looked after each other's letters. You kind of got your letters and left the rest on the top. Yeah. I didn't realize that council tax and utility bills weren't part of my rent. Uh, yeah. So I've been paying this £700 a month rent for this one-bedroom apartment in Birmingham. Not paying council tax. Not paying council tax. Not paying utility bills. And straight away then I realised that if you don't... If you don't make sure that every box is ticked and you know all the information about everything, you kind of get yourself caught up in a situation of... Am I being the best that I can be? Am I... Am I able to execute what I'm meant to be doing at my fullest potential? So yeah. when I was out helping these squaddies and I was talking to people and I knew I was going to start the coaching business, I, I realized straight away that how you do anything is how you do everything. Yeah. So yeah. how you get up in the morning and leave your house is how your rest of your day is going to go. If you leave your house dirty, stuff in the sink, bed not made, these little bits and pieces, yeah. clothes in the yeah. corner. Yeah. You're already setting yourself up for failure for the rest of the day because you're only going to come back to that. So even if your day is awful, if you've left your house and your day is awful, like you've been shouted at work, you never got to the gym, you haven't eaten properly, your kid gets sick, any of these stuff, if you've done them little things in the morning, you're coming back to a nice house and you can say to yourself, oh, well, this is the best thing about today. Yeah. So, so it took that. It took that initial. Oh my god! What I didn't realize. Oh my god! What am I going to do? Yeah, I kind of. I wasn't prepared for this. No, to realize you do have to be. Prepared. You do have to be prepared for every scenario. Yeah. So I, I give this analogy on um, how you do everything is how you do anything. So sorry, how you do anything is how you do everything. It if you're into model planes, be the best at that. building model planes. So people think when they come to me that they've got to be, they, they see this hairy six foot two, 16 and a half stone guy and they don't think I've got any emotions or I haven't been anywhere. But as soon as people get to talk to me, they realize that I have been at the lowest of lows. I've also been at the highest of highs. Yeah. yeah. I have been at both margins. I've been ready to jump in front of a train. It's... It really is interesting, isn't it? When you yeah. do look at so, when you, I mean, I I come up this. It's I keep bringing it up because to me it does. Blow, it just blew my mind. Something something really simple. I was watching a bus go past, mm -hmm. and I it, this is going to sound like oh, I don't know. You tell me, but I looked at that bus and I thought every single person on that bus has got their own lives. They're going to go to their own homes, deal with their own problems. Yeah, every single person sat on that bus, yeah. and that sounds like a really simple thing to think about. Yeah, yeah. But you're like. This isn't the Matrix. This yeah. is real life. No, yeah, yeah. So, like I was saying, when, if you take everybody on face value, yeah. if I see a little rocker in town and he's kind of smoking a joint and he's doing his own thing and I in instantly I think you're wasting your life. For all I know, he could be at university becoming a, yeah. a biochemist or a brain yeah. surgeon. Yeah. 
And most of, like, let's, let's, not, let's not beat around the bush. Most people who are in university now have a smoke and they do crazy stuff. Yeah, that's your yeah. time to do your crazy stuff. So we can't judge anybody. I spoke to a homeless guy in town the other day and he told me about how he used to be a site manager of a building firm. Yeah. And one thing led to another. His wife left him. His business has broke down. And all of a sudden now he's on the street in town asking for change. Yeah. It's mad, isn't it? Yeah, you can't. You are right. Whenever I used to get on the tube, I, I was based in um, central London for a little while. I was in the army. And I used to get on the tube and I used to, I'm from the northeast where we sit on a bus and we have a conversation. Yeah. You can't do that down south, really. <laughs> I, I didn't know that at the time. So I'm, I'm saying, how is your day to people? And these people are just shrugging me off. You can get away with it, though, because you've got a Geordie accent. I no, think. no, you can't. No? Not in London. Not no? in the tube. No, no, no. Oh, okay. I, I, the, I made a joke. Um, this this lady was standing next to me. I had my arm up on the bar holding myself up. And there was this there was this lady standing next to me. She must have been, I don't know, in her 30s. And I said, oof, normally you've got to take me for a drink before you get this close. <laughs> and she shuffled herself down the car as fast as she could because that's not acceptable. Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? It is very weird. So we... we I think London is very, very, very bad for mental stability and mental growth. I think it's, you know, like get is, uh, getting to where you where you were then, yeah. at that point where you could say to that lady, you know, normally you'd have to go on a date for that, is to get, get to that point at some point where you can open up to people yeah. and break the ice, you know. And there have been times when I've gone to, a, I don't know, a pub or something there's like three urinals and I'm like something's got to go in the middle one so yeah. I'm like right where's the candles guys you know yeah, so yeah, like, yeah, yeah, pretty, yeah. <laughs> like we're about to get really into yeah. it like not everybody can do that do no. you know what I mean and I think you've got to be in the right state of mind to be able to do that when you're having a bad day and you're not feeling the most there are days when we don't feel friendly I think it's, mm -hmm. not, it's oh, normal yeah, that's natural you know there's days I come in I don't want to speak to anybody I just want to <laughs> um, but when you are feeling that way and you have to perform mm -hmm. Where do you go to mentally to get you into that space? Where do you where do you switch it? You know, because there are those raw emotions where sometimes you've got to be professional. You can't go in there and be like, oh, you got to be like, hello, you, you yeah. know. So I um, I had a client who is now one of my very very good friends, um, and the reason that we're very good friends is because I give him some of the worst coaching that I've ever done mm. because I wasn't in a good place. My coaching business was going quite good and I got stuck in, I was I was just turning 30, it was around about that time and I give really bad advice to him and something happened where he lost his job. Oh gosh. Because I he was getting bullied by his boss at work and I said to him, you need to confront him. Yeah. Now, there is many other tools I could have put in place before telling him to confront his boss. Long story short, he got sacked. Yeah. And because I never performed well on that day, when I spoke to him the couple of days before he quit his job, way before he got sacked, sorry, I realized that I personally need to put something in place, like we said, a decompression, before I go on calls with people, because people are relying on me to give them great advice. But what I've also realized is I don't give anybody any advice that I wouldn't give myself where beforehand I was kind of like 
quite erratic where I would probably have confronted a boss and I would have, I would have got sacked. But now I realize that before I go on any call with anybody, because some of my calls are done over Zoom, some are met up in coffee shops, some are on walks, some are over the telephone. And every single time before I go on, I go on a call, I take 15 minutes. I, even if I've got to tell the person I'm running late, because the quality that they're going to get is so much better. And I do um, a body scan meditation. Okay. So all you do is you can find them online. It's very, very easy. The 10 minutes, you just type in YouTube, body scan 10-minute meditation. And it just it just plants you where you are. And it takes away any ne- negativity. So if I was having an argument with the missus or I had a really bad call or something went wrong within the business, I, I didn't get a loan or a grant that I was looking for and I was a bit annoyed, that 15 minutes of telling somebody I'm going to be late gives them... 120% of my devoted time to them. Yeah. And it's just, it's back to that decompression. It's That's what I always tell people, to make sure you take time for you so that you can give time back to others. It seems like such a hard thing to do, but it really isn't, you know. I'm, with the biscuit at the moment, things are absolutely crazy. I'm here, I'm there. It's, and I, I love that. Don't, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I think, how can you do that? How can? But I, I'm a big fan of a guy called Harry Mack. He's a freestyle rapper on YouTube. He's massive. He's he, amazing. He, he, <laughs> he's he's wonderful. But I've been watching some of his behind the bars, um, like vlogs that he does. Yeah. And he's talking about how he does his day. Now this guy is everywhere. He's just on a world tour. He's he's doing shows. He's doing live shows. He's he's constantly on the go. But every morning he has this ritual of meditation. Mm-hmm. And he just filters out all the comments on Facebook, yeah. or the or the uh, the the assignments he set himself, all these sort of things. Just filters everything out, and he has a run, and he comes in and he starts his day. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking that would be lovely <laughs> to do, yeah. you know. Um, and it makes you realise doesn't matter how busy you are, mm-hmm. you've got to take that time up for yourself. 100%. So if somebody, if you're going to be late for a meeting, yeah, that's really important. Yeah, it is 100. Because imagine just let's say for instance. Um, <laughs> I don't know, you're in charge of a pension fund yeah, of a large corporation and you've had a stressful day, your wife's nagging you, kids aren't doing what they're told, you get stuck in traffic, you rush into that meeting, flustered. You could mess up somebody's life savings. Yeah, yeah, of course, yeah. That's on the higher scale. Let's just look at the lower scale. Let's just if you're say, a police officer yeah, or safety. Police officer, yeah. You could, imagine, what if you're a care worker for the elderly? Yeah. And you forget that John or whoever can't sit in a certain position. Um, I, I I don't know. I, I won't just divulge any information about people in my job, but my particular job, my job, is I work on my own for the night, and I'm responsible for for, for people's lives. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, there have been times I've been there for a few years now where I've trained people up. Yeah, and the two fundamental things that I, I always say to people when they're going to go into a job because like it sounds like a job like it sounds like a really easy job but there are times when you have to act mm-hmm. and you, you got to get the information right you know yeah. these are people's lives we're dealing with and um i always say to people you have to be well rested and you have to be fed yeah because if you're if you're you know what people are like when they're not not yeah. not eating then they've yeah. got no energy they kind of get snappy and mm-hmm. uh, and if you're not well rested you can make mistakes there are things you need to do to look after your body 100%. before you make those yeah, decisions I think there's, so I've got an eight-week program at the moment. Yeah. And the eight-week program is called Warrior to Warrior. I love that, by the way. I saw that on your Instagram. Yeah. It's, it's great. So the whole purpose is you, whatever aspect of your life you're worrying about, 
it can be anything it could be it, it it could be your parents it could be your spouse it could be your job it could be your confidence to go to the gym um it could be your confidence going to a christmas party because we haven't been to them in a couple of years it could be it could be yeah. it, it, like these are the things that we now need to start taking time out and thinking to ourselves what are we what are we going to do when we do get anxious because everyone get anxious I, I was anxious knocking on your door before i came into the podcast i get anxious when i go on stage i get anxious when i talk to a new client and the warrior to warrior program gives you the tools little tiny nuggets of information that when you've got them all when when, when i say one of them you're like oh yeah i've heard of that then i tell you another one and then say ah oh, i didn't realize i could do it that way and then it comes to the end and we have this big talk on the last week about what you've learned with your worksheets and things like that and you realize that that thing that you were so worried about is so minuscule yeah so the, mm. at, the, at the start of the course, and this is something I'll be putting out on Instagram and uh, Facebook and stuff, I show a picture of, a, of a, um, a barbarian army coming over a hill. And I say, what, how does this make you feel? If, this, if you were standing right there at the bottom of that hill and they were coming for you, how would this make you feel? I said, really look at the photo. How does this make you feel? They look at the foot and they're like, oh, I'd be scared. Like, they've got swords and they've got bows and arrows. There are horses. Do I have a weapon? I said, you have no weapon. And they're like, okay, so can I make a weapon? Are you not enough time? And that you can see the people are getting anxious on the call. And I'm like, all right. So they're like, oh, I'd panic. I'm, I'm panicking now thinking about it. And I said, okay, do me a favor. Just look, really look at this photo. And they look closely in the photo. And it's toy figurines. Yeah. The thing that we look at straight away, the party the speech, the presentation. We think of that straight away and we panic. We have a meltdown. We're like, oh my God, I can't do this. But when you break it down and you realize that the people in the crowd aren't really thinking about you, because that's what we do when we, the whole reason why we get scared when we public speak or whenever we get in front of a large crowd is because I'm sure you know that hundreds of thousands of years ago, the only time you'd be in front of a crowd is when the tribe were going to kick you out. You were on trial. So you're going to have to survive by yourself. And this has been passed down from generation to generation. It's scary to stand in front of crowds. So what we need to do in society today is realize that everybody is selfish. So during the pandemic, I spoke to a client and she was saying, I can't do this Zoom meeting. I've got to do a presentation, PowerPoint presentation on Zoom in front of 150 people in my work. I can't do it. I said, remember one thing. Most of them people aren't looking at the camera. They're probably doing their own thing. They're at work. They're at home working. So they're not worried about you. The other half aren't really peeing any information of, of what they're seeing on their screen because they're looking at themselves in the top corner. <laughs> How many times have you been on a FaceTime? Or a I WhatsApp? do it myself. I'm like, yeah. what am I looking at myself yeah. for? <laughs> I look at my missus like, what's in the top corner? And I'm like, oh, it's me. Like, I'm looking at myself. <laughs> you do with selfish human beings in society today. Even if, you don't, even if you're the, the most giving, caring person in the world, Tell me you don't look in the mirror before you walk out. Hmm. Of course you do. You want to look, you want to see what people see. I do it before I go out. And my little my little boy seven, he does the same thing. But the other day I was going out, and um, before I even had a chance, Timmy goes, "I need to go look at myself in the mirror." And nice. then we both go. My wife's just tutting in the background, yeah. like you're both the same. And I'm like, "Yeah, well, you know, you got to." Yeah, you do. Yeah. So before 
this is this is as I say the start of the course is about understanding really understanding what it is you're worried about because when you break it down it's actually not that scary yeah and that's what we need to do with everything really I love what you're doing I love the the concept of this because you know when you speak to life coaches it's always like let's let's make you successful in in, in like the, the the most traditional senses you know yeah. but you're not you're taking like emotions that guys don't usually they, these things don't exist sometimes yeah. for guys mm. there are great uh, folks out there they're doing great things men walking and talking yeah i was uh, with dan the other day he's a great guy he's been on the guy. show before we need yeah. to get you back on dan yes, it'd be nice to catch up let's do a three-way let's all yes three in here. That'd be cool. yeah that'd be wonderful um there there's the great things that mind are doing at the moment they're, they're yeah, doing, mind are doing great stuff. they're doing they're looking at ways that um, because there's a strong connection with addiction in gaming at the moment. And, you know, uh, I've, I've seen a lot of the studies where, okay, as a really cool experiment, if you've got a young one and they're sitting there playing on the tablet or their Xbox or the controller or whatever now, go and just whip it out of their hands and see what the reaction you get. You're going to cause a huge psychological breakdown. Make sure you're prepared for that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so I think what mine are doing at the moment they're trying to reach out to gamers and trying mm. to find a way to, 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 and I love that. I think it's great. I was going to do a, uh, a 12 hour podcast. I think I was going to do, but I, I was doing pod aid at the time. We did a 24 hour podcast. Oh really? Yeah. yeah. I need to listen to that. <laughs> it's, um, it was good. It was good. And it, we raised a lot of awareness. We raised thirteen hundred pounds for Lincoln. That's Davis, amazing. But you, know, the, the, you are you are looking at um, some serious issues that are, are starting to come out into the forefront now, yeah. guys. But it's taking a bit of time. Yeah, um, it, it's it's about understanding that every individual person has their own struggles. Yeah. So I I like speaking. I get I've I've spoke quite a few times at Help the Heroes. I've spoke at um, events. Uh, anti, anti knife crime in London and Newcastle. Yeah. There was a lot of knife and gun crime when I grew up when I was younger. Um, I can get on stage and I could speak to, to a, I believe, a good, healthy crowd, upwards of 2,000 people, and be confident, be nervous before I went on, obviously, be anxious. But I, I know I can hold me on. But if you put a book in front of me and you ask me to read a book on stage, I will crumble. Yeah. Public speaking from a text just would kill me I, w- I wouldn't be able to do it i feel like there are ways of dealing with that though in a way that you just own it re- regardless of the mistakes no but th- this is what i'm saying everybody has their own thing everybody yeah, has that yeah, yeah. one thing that saying. they just know they couldn't do like yeah. there's no ifs or buts about it if you like i'm dyslexic so i just know it would not work if i was to try and read a book it, it, i can read a book to myself take me a good couple of hours more yeah. than the average person that's why i listen to audiobooks yep yeah but there is we're in, we live in a society now where getting around any of your, your Achilles heel, any, anything that you find difficult is very, very simple. I was speaking to a, a, a lady the other day who she jumped on my eight week course. Actually, she passed with flying colors. She was amazing. Wonderful. Um, and she came for the eight week course because she wanted to swim in open water. Nice. The, the, every single person just because you're good at something doesn't mean they're good at it. And just because they look like they're good at it doesn't mean they are. <laughs> no, yeah. On, on on the back of my t-shirt, it says, um, just because somebody carries it well doesn't mean it's not heavy. Yeah. I love your slogan as well. I'm going to say it, but I'll bleep it out. It says, uh, fear and start feeling. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. That's, I love that. That's, that's something I've lived, lived my life by for a long time. Um, I came out of the military, went into security 
and got told at every avenue that I wouldn't be able to start my own security firm. Um, so I started up Stephen Marshall Security, um, and it was just me and two other fellas, and we'd done close protection work in London. We drove amazing cars, Rolls Royces, Ferraris. We lived really good lives. Um, we made very good money, and that was round about my 30th birthday when I realised none of this matters. But it was the fear of doing it that I had to overcome to get to that point. So I believe life's all about levels. Um, you have the level of when you're um, going through puberty. You have the level of when you're going into from teenager to adult. You then go through the, who am I going to be now I'm turning into from a young adult? Who am I turning into as like, what am I going to do for the rest of my life? And I think people get stuck on this one goal. And now some people are going to get a little bit annoyed now, but the whole, let me work on my career and make sure that I get to this position so I can retire. You're putting all your chips in one pot, hoping that you're going to get this next position and this next position and this next position. There's no other avenues. You haven't got a side hustle. You haven't got a podcast. You haven't got a business, a vlog. You haven't got something that really sits inside you and really mm. lights you up. Like if you speak to most bank managers, banking doesn't really light them up. Do you know what I mean? The holiday in Barbados doesn't really light them up. Like I spoke to a guy the other day who is a multimillionaire and he says nobody knows about his train collection. That's his thing that lights him up. And sometimes that's what peace and tranquility is. Exactly. So peace and tranquility, people say to me when I do consultation calls, I do a half an hour consultation to see if I'm what they're going to need. Yeah. Because I know I do not deal with mental illness. I don't deal with people who can't be shouted at. I shout at my clients if they don't do something right. I was shouted at in the military. I became a very good soldier. I learned how to turn people into what they needed to be for the best version of themselves at a very young age. I was a builder before I went in the military and we had apprentices. I had a small business and we had apprentices. And if I say to you, oh, just next time you're doing the podcast, if you could just turn the volumes up a little bit because I couldn't really hear you properly. Hmm. Or if I go, next time you're doing the podcast, turn the volumes up. Which one are you going to listen to? Mark? I'm going to take that as a soundbite. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to play it at the beginning. <laughs> but do you know what I mean? When you, we are animals and this is what we need to get back to. Yes, we have, we have spaceships in the, we have satellites in the sky. Sorry, spaceships possibly. Um, <laughs> we have, we can talk to each other all the way on the other side of the world via a screen. We have all this technology, but we're still animals. Yes. And if we try and, if we try and get away from our animalistic foundations, I believe it, it's it's something that we need to look at more about our who we are, where we're going, and almost on a philosophical level, I suppose, understanding that you need to have certain things covered in your life. You need security, you need food, you need water, you need love. Everybody needs love. Mm -hmm. Wherever you get that love from, that's up to you. Um, security, security, food, love, I believe they're the main ones. If you're not secure where you are, you won't sleep well. 
you don't have abundance of food coming in, you're going to be worried, so you're not going to sleep well. Yep. And if you don't have love, you're going to be up thinking about who's going to love me. Who cares for me? Yeah. yeah. And social media is a very big trap in that as well. That's another rabbit hole. I I think um, I think social media is um, it's both a, a blessing and a and a curse. Mm-hmm. So I'm tangled up in my headphone wire. Of course I am. Um, <laughs> I love social media for what it is as, as a tool for me at the yeah. moment. And plus I've got friends and family all around the world. I think we all have, you know. Uh, so that uh, for that is great. Um, but at the same time, you know, I was... Uh, <laughs> they just put a post up on a, a local newspaper um, <laughs> thing about how the Artemis rocket is launched. This is amazing. They're going to put a base on the moon. Wonderful, great story, technological advancements. I think that's great. But yet, commenters on that post still found a way to flip it against a, a, a rhetoric against immigrants, yeah. refugees. And I'm like, how can you do that? How can you be so negative in your life that you you take an amazing story about technological advancement to that? And I'm like, how, you have to be so ingrained with negativity to have, do that. Have you ever seen a successful person write a negative comment? Well, I mean, I do sometimes, but uh, <laughs> I think sometimes it's good to vent. But like, I think venting and, and negative comments are two different things. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I think venting, having a, a good political conversation, or having a good conversation about your views, there's nothing wrong with that. But I think unsuccessful people in life spread negativity. Yeah, there is no ifs or buts about that. I cancel out all negativity in my life. Yeah, I. I work very hard at cancelling all negativity out. I um we I did a, a a podcast a few years ago with Shane. It was um my ex co-host. Uh, we were talking about we had an open discussion about mental health, okay. and we were talking about um family and friends negativity. Mm-hmm. And I was saying it is okay to delete family off mm-hmm. Facebook. Do it if it makes you feel bad. Do it. It doesn't matter. Like your health, your mental health, like you were yeah. saying in the beginning there, if you're not, if you're not right, if you got, if you're given from an empty cup because yeah. there's somebody on Facebook making you feel terrible, remove that. Take uh, it away. I, I make sure that I am 100% focused before I call certain family members. Yeah. I love them. They give me so many things growing up, but they're negative people. Yeah. yeah. So if, I have to make sure that I am 100% before I speak to that person or go to a family function. I've got to make sure that I meditate for like two days before <laughs> because I've got to make sure, because I'm very, very forward when I speak to people. Yeah. If I see something wrong and somebody asks me, I'll give them like a direct answer. And I think I'm getting a bit better with with dealing with negative situations yeah. and negative people because it all goes under the same umbrella really ultimately. Like for example, last night I was meant to go to Hanupoke. Uh, George, um, He's a great. He's been on the biscuit before. You know, he was a waiter at uh, um, Hickory's. Started his own food business. Now he's got his own restaurant. Congratulations, oh God, to those guys! Well. Honestly, I'm so. We meant to be there last night for the soft launch, and my, my my boy's throwing up, and he's got high temperature. My wife's getting stressed. I'm thinking, no, I've got to be here, so I did. Mm-hmm. Cancelled it. And deep down inside me, there was this little ball of fire going. Oh my God! You've let someone down. It's yeah. disappointing. But then I, I, I shut that down. I was like family my family wow. i am here to look after him doesn't matter Tss, gone yeah i don't worry about that that that's amazing that you can do that yeah but how many times have you not done that all the time yes yeah, so, this is new for me <laughs> so th- this is what i'm saying people want to people want to get confident people call me up and they're like i've got to do this i'm i need to be confident for this and i'm like well if it's in 2 weeks that's not going to happen confidence is like building a good deadlift or a good pull up yeah 
if you can't do a pull-up and then you want to come to me and say in two weeks I want to do 10 pull-ups that's not going to work yeah. you know what I mean if you go to a personal trainer sorry so working on your confidence and working on you being happy and confident in yourself is start within because you need to as soon as you keep promises to yourself that's inner confidence yeah if you say to yourself I'm up at six in the morning to go on my walk before I go to work a half eight and you don't do that where your inner confidence is getting beaten down mm. and if you can't if you can't make a promise to yourself and keep it how are you going to make a promise to somebody else and keep it yeah yeah so you 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 cutting that fire off straight away suffocating that fire of you feeling like i've let my friend down as soon as you tell him about your boy i'm sure he's going to understand yeah he did he was wonderful yeah he was of course. Really well. but you, you know how you, you take yourselves on these journeys oh, of course. like um what I did uh, before we uh, we started uh, this interview is I put a little thing on Facebook. You may see me on Facebook. Yeah, on yeah, yeah. Well, I, I, was, I basically said we, I want to talk about worry. Mm-hmm. You know, um, we're talking about you know putting fires out and yeah. getting ourselves ready and meditating before we go. Put a different mask on, right? Yeah. So I just put how do people? I, I wrote um, how do you deal with existential worry? Do you have your own coping mechanisms? Have you le- re- le- recently learned something new, or is this an issue for you? Um, and I will mention first names, but I won't mention second names unless... Uh, okay. So Louise is somebody I've known for years, and she wrote, um, so I had a major anxiety, major anxiety a few years ago, third mental breakdown, and all that, and was referred to a group uh, therapy. Uh, they taught us to put aside one hour a day to worry. So that at 7pm, I would sit there and worry uh, as much as I wanted. Any thoughts that popped up during the day, I would write down and then... Um, adds them to the agenda for worry time. Mm-hmm. Uh, 7pm comes around and I'm looking at the list and I'm like, why am I worrying about these? Uh, in the end, I was able to skip the designated hour and take better control of my worries by realising that they weren't really things to worry over uh, or, eat or were out of my control and I couldn't do anything to affect them. Uh, that's not to say that I didn't worry and don't have anxiety, but it's no longer crippling. That's back to what I said at the start about the Thai army. Yeah. She looked really deeply later on after she wasn't panicking. And she realised that she had no control over them or they weren't as big as what she thought. Oh, wow. Well well done, Louise. Thank you so much for writing that. 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 Uh, Stuart Turner, he says, uh, I'm a men's mindset coach. And worry is something that comes up a lot. It's all about understanding um, what we can and can't control, uh, about recognizing uh, what, that we can only control what we do, say, etc., and that anything anyone else says or does is beyond our control. So once we start to see how we can only affect our own behavior, we start to worry less. Everyone's an idiot. Everyone's an idiot, right? Uh, so once you understand that, people make mistakes. People may say the wrong thing, give the wrong suggestions. I think once you understand that, you can kind of just get on with it. Hundred percent. Your thoughts and your actions are the only two things that you control. Yeah, and there is nothing else that you have control over. Yeah. So why worry about something that isn't in your control? Yeah. And now that's not to say like, oh, fuel bill, the uh, fuel go, is going through the roof, and the utility bills they're not they're not in your control. So of course you're going to worry about them. But how much worrying time are you going to give to them? Yeah. I think in that situation, we realize everyone's in the same boat. Everyone is, of course they are. There are going to be a point at some time where maybe some of you might have to 
write an email to work and say, I can't afford to, the fuel to get to work. Yeah. That is going to happen. It's going to happen. Yeah. And yeah, that's up to that's up to companies and businesses to try and help you out there yeah. because you, you're doing everything in your control and your power to be able to make this work. And if it doesn't work because of the, the, the mechanics of, of society at the moment, mm-hmm. that's not your problem. No, of course not. Um, uh, and Becky Lisney, uh, who's a great guest, um, make sure you check out Lilith on, on, um, on, on Instagram, an amazing uh, photographer that encourages empowerment in women, you know, oh, embrace those curves and be you who you are. That's good. Um, she put, this is something I know that plagues a lot of people. I have no memory of anything uh, before existing. I have no ability to remember what happens when I'm asleep. So existential worry is something I think I can look at like, yes, I want to exist, but by the time I don't, I won't be able to uh, to care about it. I think our morality is what makes, uh, makes our lives so precious. The days feel long, but the years feel short and our time is precious because there's not a lot. It won't ever feel like uh, a lot really either. And none of us know how much we, how much time we have. Uh, so seize the day. Oh, that's nice. That's very nice. Yeah, very nice. Thank you guys for, for writing in those. Um, I realised I was a, I was at a weird angle trying to read that then. Um, but I, I like that people, um, it's, it's a common thing for people to think about worry. Yeah. Um, what experience have you had with your client in sort of getting over that hurdle? Understanding that you're allowed to worry is a big one. Yeah. You, you're allowed to worry about as many things as you want to. It's about where does the worry sit after you've thought about it? Is it sitting on the surface still? Or are you still are you still driving, thinking about the worry? Like the first lady said, yeah, um, Louise, yeah. Louise, take that time to worry, but make sure that you're not sitting on the sofa by yourself when you worry. Do something. Go on a walk and worry. Go to the gym and worry. I like to punch the bag in the gym. Yeah. When I think about my worry, I like to punch it away. I've got a free, this isn't a plug by the way, but I do have a free ebook on my website. Plug um, it, tell people. Yeah. yeah. So it, the whole the whole premise of the book is to, I believe in creating avatars within ourselves. So I have a avatar. My avatar gets rid of my worry and my dread. He's a Viking on top of a mountain with a cage and at the bottom of the at bottom of the mountain, there is a lake. I put the worry inside the cage, and with his big muscles, seven foot tall, he swings it, throws it into the lake, and drowns the worry. Yeah. So that premise can work di- differently for different people. I had a, a couple of years ago. I got told about um, thinking about yourself on a cloud as you're meditating or you're taking time out, and when you're sitting on this cloud, there's two conveyor belts. There's one coming toward you. There's one going away. The stuff that's coming towards you is all the positive things that you know is going to happen tomorrow. You can do this on an evening before you go to bed. The conveyor belt going away is all of the worry and negativity from the day that's just gone. Nice. Take 10 minutes to do this. It, it was brilliant for me. It really was. I, um, I'm an insomniac. I have been since I was about 14, 13, 14. I, every now and again, I, I get insomnia and mm-hmm. I struggle to sleep. And um, it's it's actually um, a meditation, a couple of types of meditation that's helped me get to sleep over the years. Okay. Uh, sometimes I'll use them, sometimes I won't, because I feel like if you use it for too long, it kind of wears out a little bit. But um, one of them was um, thinking you're on a boat on a, on a lake in the Great Lakes in America, wherever it is, you know, we're in Barla. Doesn't matter what lake you're on, but like yeah. just, just sitting there, 
until I, I started feeling nausea from the boat, <laughs> weirdly. Uh, and then the other one is to picture a blackboard, an empty blackboard. And just think, look at it. Mm. Just look at that blackboard. Stare at it. And then it kind of drowns out all the other feelings. And it goes to show that sometimes that inner mind, yeah, those things that use those processes. I always talk about my cold showers. Whenever I'm going to do an uh, something that makes me feel anxiety, because I do have social anxiety. Yeah, I have done forever. Um, in fact, you know the, the the whole home bargains thing is a, a testament to that. Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, so you know, I, I will turn the temp gradually turn the temperature right down to its mm-hmm. lowest in the shower, and breathe through the water, and eventually I'll get rewarded with a warm shower afterwards. Ah, oh, nice. And it resets my my brain. There's no panic anymore. I know Got how to it. breathe through it. Yeah, I like that. I do like that. For somebody who says they have social anxiety, you do really well. One to one is not too bad, but it, even not even just one to one. I see you. On your Instagram, you were amazing the other day. I seen you at the firework display. Yeah. <laughs> you you do get out and about, so you are yeah. you are conquering it. And I think you need to give yourself a massive pat on the back for that. Oh, thank you. I think we all need to make sure that the things that we were scared, worried, or anxious about, as soon as we overcome them, we need to have these small victories. Yeah. I think that we're just like, oh, I got over that. Good. Yeah. But make sure the victories are things that are gonna impact you for the better don't like oh amazing i did that presentation let me buy a chinese because you're going to feel groggy the next day obviously it's always nice to buy a bit of fast food but if you're going to celebrate the small victories with fast food all of a sudden you're gonna, you're not going to be in a great place so i believe celebrating all these small victories making your bed in the morning a client came back to me uh, that i was i coached about three four years ago just before the pandemic and he said the one thing that changed my life was making the bed in the morning yeah yeah and i said how tell like tell me more that's kind of what i do I tell me more and he's like i made the bed and because i made the bed i was like let me take the cups downstairs took the cups downstairs i was like well let me just clean up the kitchen but before you know it, i'm cleaning the whole house that that it works yeah it does it really does work that's how i've done the things today so, you know because i was um i sat there, i'm, I'm because we're building this website, I'm sat designing logos and stuff. I have been for the last couple of weeks. And I sat, and just before you came, about an hour before you came, I looked, and there's just stuff all over my bed. My <laughs> desk is a mess. And I was just kind of like, right, I need to put this in here, this in there, da 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 hoover around. My wife did the dishes, actually. but uh, So thank you, wife. <laughs> but yeah, but look, before you know, you've yeah. you sat in a tidy place. And then once you've done what you're doing, you can go back to that, or you can come away from it. But and go it, back just, to it, it just comes back to what I was saying earlier about like them little tiny victories if we put them in place if you have a terrible day so say you go out and your day is awful but you come back to a tidy home or your bed made at the very least you can say it's been a terrible day but i'm getting into that bed i can start again and and i I believe i'm i'm very good at this and i know when people have done the warrior to warrior course they get very good at it but it's about leaving things behind from yesterday not taking yesterday's stuff into tomorrow so just because you had a bad day yesterday, don't have a bad day tomorrow as well because of yesterday. Yeah. But One of the worst traps I think we find ourselves getting into is when you wake up and you think, oh, today's going to be terrible. Yeah. And then you end up having a bad day because you've told yourself it's you've going to be terrible. told yourself. I, yeah. yeah, this uh, negative self-talk is one of the worst things. Yeah. Because as soon as I, st- perfect example, you stub your toe on the side of the table. Yeah. Ah, I've stubbed my toe. The worst pain in the world. The the worst. The but it's should, not. It's not. But it, for that <laughs> yeah. for that three milliseconds, it is the worst pain in the world. And then all of a sudden, it's oh, my shirt's not ironed. And then soon as them negative thoughts start creeping in, it's just like a snowball down a mountain. Yeah. But if you can nip that in the butt straight away and say, 
no, wait a second. Let me just, before I leave the house, give myself five minutes, let's do some breath work. It's a perfectly easy breath work you can do. It's called the square. You breathe in for three, and you imagine drawing a square in your mind. I use my nose to do it. So you breathe in for three, and then you breathe out for three, and then you hold for three, and then you breathe in for three. Oh, excuse me. Sorry. <laughs> I don't know you want you. <laughs> so, oh, I just want a sick, a sick child last night. So, yeah. That's fine. But yeah, that, the breath work before you do anything takes you a minute. If you can't take a minute out for yourself before you leave the house, or before you come into the house, or before you go into work, or before you go into the shops if you've got social anxiety... Like I was just in a little earlier. It was like rammed. Yeah. And it's, and literally, but I seen the queue as I was going in and I was like, all right, let me just do some breath work. Because even though I'm a confidence coach, confidence, anxiety, whatever you want to call it, I still get nervous. When I was, as I said before, I was coming in here, I done breath work. I want to make sure that the cue that annoyed me in little didn't come into the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. And I think as soon as we take accountability, that every engagement is a different part of the day. You can't say I had a bad day. No. You can't say, oh, you can say, well, the day was up and down. But you can't say I had a bad day. It's one of those things, isn't it, where you you can be like, oh, just do this, 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 and this, until it happens to you, and you, you, you notice yourself spiraling down, and it's kind of like, oh, my God, what am I, I'm doing the one thing I tell people not to do. Um, but, you know, a helpful tool I had uh, walking around Home Bargains yesterday in my head I was, uh, I was I was I was singing Miss Fat Booty by um by Moss Def because it's very lo fi, very relaxed. It's a great go and listen to that song now. That Tell me it doesn't song. Yeah. You need to listen to it. Uh, and I was singing that in my head. It's kind of kind of like an earworm for me at the moment. But uh, that relaxed me a little bit. And I got through my shopping list. Lists are a great thing. Alex McCarthy, who came on the show recently, um, she's helped me. <laughs> she gave me the idea. She gave me the task of completely digitizing my life don't use a paper diary anymore no. you know and i've completely now um, i'm sitting here on my phone i've got a list of things i want to talk about mm-hmm. i get satisfaction out of finishing that list oh my god it's the best thing in the world yeah lists are just amazing and i think my missus is very very bad at this she'll be like all right i'm gonna go into the shop i said have you got a list no i don't need a list <laughs> and then she comes out and she's like oh we forgot milk yeah, <laughs> just make a list. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I have these these little whiteboards I've got everywhere. I used to, I used to, I've got one in my bag. I take to work. I've got one there, and I've got one by my computer. Okay. So that, so that you know, if I'm editing, that's. I think that's one thing I'm not going to be able to sort of. I can digitize it with my to do list, but I like to have the whiteboard so it can be like. Uh, I need, I need, I need Stephen's uh, podcast doing artwork. Yes, I need to do this. I need to do the Canva video. I need to do this, yeah. this, this, this. and then I can just. <laughs> Yeah, wipe off the whiteboard. I'll, yeah, there's a satisfaction about rubbing, rubbing off a board. Yeah, I believe like if you if you're in a space where you can do that, I think that's great. But having most of the things on your phone is you have your phone with you more than you have your car keys. Yeah, your wallet. Yeah. You know what I mean. Yeah. Your phone is your wallet. So why not have everything on there? Amazing. There's a great app as well called uh, Things Three. Okay. That is you pay a one-off life subscription, and if you, you it literally goes from your desktop to your tablet to your phone. And all links together. Oh wow! So okay. it's, a, it's like I put everything on there. You have I did the same with um, with Outlook because I found out I, I thought there's no way Gmail is going to speak to Outlook. They're competing companies, but they do. They sync yeah, up. Yeah. And uh, so then you can have everything on your phone. Yes, there are apps out yeah, there. Yeah, there's loads of apps. Yeah. Um, who I think it, uh, there are a couple of things I, wanna, I know we're running short on time. Not so. Um, who are your inspirations? Who do you, who do you go to? Is there a YouTuber? Is there an author? Is there a musician that inspires you? 
what you think about them? I used to really look for inspiration in other people. Like I used to always like, who am I looking up to now? And I'd be like, oh, Joe Rogan. Like I love what Joe Rogan's done. And then I'd look at um, fight. I boxed in the military. I boxed before the. Uh, I used to tie box before the military. I used to look up at fighters that have been world champions. And then I heard Matthew McConaughey say one day that um, his inspiration was himself in ten years. Yeah, that's good. So as soon as I heard that at twenty six, I was like, okay, cool. So thirty six year old me, which is next year, mm. but um. That will be my inspiration. And then 46. And every single time I do something new in my life, I absolutely shock myself. I do it the other way around, weirdly. I look at where I was a few years ago, where I am now, especially with the biscuit. You know, um, there are people that get in touch with me now, want me to want advice with audio. I'm doing workshops with Aaron Child soon on how to create your own podcast. But that, that's the same thing. It's exactly the same thing, just you're looking at it in two different ways. So I I think about what I'm going to be at 36, 46, yeah. and I know the levels in which I want my life to go. You're looking back on where you are and you're saying to yourself, oh my God, look how far I've come. So it's the same thing. Like I, yeah. I still look back at where I was yeah. at 26, thinking I knew everything about the world, by the way. <laughs> Yeah. I knew nothing. I think it's. Uh, I think you need to have a few people. I, I mean, like I used to love Kevin Smith. I, I he was my one of my heroes. A you know, guy had nothing, made something out of nothing, mm. and Clerks and Jane Silent Bob. And but then I realised that th- that wasn't the version of Kevin Smith that I actually adored. Because as much as I love Jane Silent Bob and Clerks and stuff, mm-hmm. this guy was a podcasting pioneer, and he was actually yeah. listening to his podcasts that really got me out of a rut. Mm-hmm. And also created uh, some, a monster inside me, yeah. you know, a few years ago. Um, so I feel like, and then I feel like I needed to add someone. Joe Rogan was one for a while, but I feel like he's got his flaws too. So there's a certain style of Joe Rogan that I like. And there's, the, yeah. you know, I mean, there's certain uh, things I can take th- from there people. There is definitely people that I look to and I think that part of that person is inspirational. Yeah. Like most of the people that I listen to, YouTube, Facebook, uh, Instagram, I find inspiration in most things. Um definitely using them to visualize where i'm going yeah yeah i I believe in visualization quite a lot yeah yeah um i believe in mood boards i believe in power songs um but this isn't magic yeah i think you're right and if someone was to ask are you going to be the next year no i'm going to be i'm going to be alex whiteley yeah i'm going to be the alex whiteley i'm going to be the one alex whiteley i might even add a bitch on the end of that i'm going to be next alex whiteley yeah, uh, of course I'll have to beep that out. Yeah, <laughs> but no, I I agree with what you're saying, but I believe that we need to use all the little tools because you get people who talk about like uh, meditation. As I only do meditation, I do yoga, I do visualization, I do tarot cards. That's well and good, but I believe to live a balanced life to the fullest of your potential, yeah, you need to take slight aspects out of all well-being in life i hear quite a lot of people saying like oh i want to get my health, mental health back to where it was and my response to that is how about you smash the f- away your mental health was and you don't even think of that as a stopping stone we shoot for the stars yeah 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 because where you were brought you down to where you are now and i think i was i was about to ask you well what's the what are the benefits of joining a course like yours 
But I feel like whether it's you, whether it's Alex McCarthy, whether it's, uh, you know, uh, Becky Lisney, whether it's whoever I've spoken to recently, Carrie Hughes who's running events, whoever it is, um, you're giving someone the tool, their, the tools that they can use yeah. themselves rather than tell, doing it for them. Yeah, yeah. So I see it after my eight-week program, I, you, I'm not trying to get people in so I can have them for two years. Yeah. I'm, I'm not a psychiatrist. I'm not a mentor. I'm not all, I'm not these people who want to hold on to you and make sure you come back for therapy sessions every couple yeah, of yeah, weeks. Yeah. No, no, no. After the eight week program, we want to become friends. Yeah. Yeah. After you've joined the, the warrior to warrior program, after that, I want to see you at events because you want to come and speak about how well you've yeah. done off the event. Yeah. I don't want people to think, oh, I've got to go on this coach and it's going to be 10 calls over eight weeks. Oh, how am I going to fit that in? Da, 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 da. And then he's probably going to want me on calls after that as well. No. One of the uh, one of the best conversations I had was with Kelda Wood uh, from Climbing Out. Um, absolute hero. I think she's one of the most inspirational women I've ever spoken to. And, and Climbing Out is all about um, taking people on an adventure um, to deal with their own traumas and their, their own yeah. problems they have in the past. And I remember interviewing her and I was like, so do you guys sit around the campfire and talk about it? She's like, nah. We just go out there and do it. Yeah. She's like, well, then kick butt. Like, we'll go out there and we'll do rock climbing, we'll do rafting, and we're going to do use all these experiences to liberate yourself from, yeah. from being like, look, there are times to talk about these problems, but when you're on the side of a mountain, it's definitely not no. one of them. I mean, if you want to, you can crack yeah. on. But I, I am a strong believer in just getting up and doing what you see. Do it. Yeah. yeah. Like, if you want to, like, people say, like, oh, I might, I might do cold lake swimming this year. And I'm like, okay, well, tell me when you've done it. Yeah. What? Sorry. I'm like, okay, that's fine. You've said you've 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 hit a president now. Let's you've you've wrote it down. You've told me what you're gonna do. Next message is a photo of you doing it. Hmm. Uh, uh, um, are we not gonna talk about how I'm gonna do it? I said, wait, a thing called walking that I already know you can do. You just walk straight into that lake. You take some <laughs> deep breaths, and that's how you're gonna do it. Yeah, yeah. If I never jumped at opportunities through my life. I would not be in the mindset I am now. It's a really difficult thing to do in some regards because, I mean, I was talking about, I was talking to Becky Lisney about like, you know, I, I ultimately I don't care about my, but I know what I, that my blood pressure is high. I deal with a lot of stress. I need to lose a lot of weight and stuff. You know, I know there are genuinely, genuine reasons of why I need to lose weight. But ultimately, as far as my body image is concerned, I don't care, right? I am who I am, right? Yeah. But that doesn't mean I'm necessarily going to go walking out to the car with my top off because I don't want to put people off their breakfast. I said that to her and she was like, no, you don't have to think, you know. And she was very, very positive about that. Yeah. You shouldn't have to think like that. But um, and I, so it's weird. I've got this this, this, this mode of I don't care to I ain't going to get my, my, mm. my man boobs out, right? And I was talking to someone about love to stay because they have cold water swimming there. Great. So I was like, you should go and do that. I was like, I ain't, they know me at Love to Stay. I've worked with them. <laughs> There's no way I'm getting my guts out in front of them. Do you know what I mean? And it's weird how you can have these these thoughts, these modes that morph into different things, isn't it? You know, yeah. it's, it's so I, like... I believe movies and social media has crushed men's... So, I don't know if I've got time for this. Um, <laughs> the image that is put out now for women is be yourself whatever weight you are. Yeah. There's plus size models on the front of Vogue. Yeah. When was the last time you seen a plus size male anywhere that wasn't a joke on TV? Yeah. I have a quite a good gut. Yeah. I enjoy my gut. I like eating. I also know that I am 35, not getting no younger. And if I don't look after it, all the men in my family have got to really bad stages of diabetes. So 
I look on social media and I see 25-year-old ripped young men and yeah. I see Thor and I see, I watch, all, I love comic movies. Yeah, yeah. Ben Affleck as Batman, come on. Like, Jesus Christ. I know that the time and effort that I would need to put into that to look like that is not obtainable for me right now. I'm, I live a busy life. I make sure I go gym four times a week. I lift weights and I try and hit the battle bike and do a bit of CrossFit just to make sure that I don't go any higher than what I am now yeah, yeah. weight-wise. But if you look at young single men who aren't stereotypical six foot two and have a 30-inch waist and can bench press five plates aside, yeah. you're not very... Stomach like a xylophone. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Like women have put like men at this point especially young single men and women, they've put themselves at such a, um, a disadvantage now to where the amount of single guys there are to the amount of single women they are, but yet the women have got the pick of the litter and they're making sure there's so many different things that they need ticked before they'll even take you on a date. The, the apps are the worst. The apps are the yeah. worst. Yeah. 100%. Swipe, swipe, swipe. Like how, how disingenuous is that, that you just literally swipe on the first photo? Yeah. Makes me appreciate my wife a lot more because I'm just like I love my wife yeah. who she is. Yeah. Now if I'd have seen, you know, if my wife would have seen me a few years ago and an app, she might have swiped. Yeah. Do you know what no, I mean? I understand. Yeah. I, it's, I, it's, I I do see this. I had a friend who, um, when I was doing close protection, he used to say to me, "Let me take a photo with a car," and I'd be like, "What do you mean? He's for, for, for Tinder?" <laughs> and it would it would be him, and he would stand in front of the Rolls Royce Ooh, yeah, yeah. and you just you just stand like that with a fake Gucci belt and the amount of swipes that you used to get yeah. before you put up these photos and like that's the kind of society we live in but that's another conversation we can do that we can do that another time I'd like to get you on regularly actually see how you get on yeah. because I've really enjoyed chatting to you um, can you tell the listeners where, where they can speak to you or if they can get in touch with so you so they can get to me on Instagram Facebook or on my website uh, the Instagram is Stephen Marshall Coaching the Facebook is just Stephen Marshall and you should see the tiger um, and the website is stephenmarshallcoaching.com and as I say, the, uh, the free ebooks on there. There's a contact form, and if you just want to chat, drop me a message. Well, I think you're great um, because I feel like help comes in different shapes and forms. And you know, sometimes you you could do with a bit of a cuddle and a bit of a chat and a bit of a you know. And sometimes you need someone that will just tell you to do it. And yeah. you, like you said, right? Yeah. You want to go in the cold water swimming? I see you doing it. Then I, I like that there is that version of of help out there. But like you said, whether whether you resonate with somebody like me or whether you resonate with someone like Dan from Walking and Talking or mm. all the other, there's, there's hundreds of coaches online. Just make sure you go on to somebody who has testimonials, somebody who has a, a, somebody that knows what they're talking about. And I'm not saying you've got to come to me. Most of the people that contact me, I actually turn to somebody else because I'm not what they need. Yeah. And I'm not saying that I am, the, I'm not, I'm too good for them. It's definitely not. I just know that my coaching would be far too aggressive for what they need in their life yeah also you're quite sincere as well which is nice <laughs> thank you so that you you know if you'd be like well i need to I, I want i want you to help me but i've got these issues and these issues and issue these issues you're a nice guy you're not gonna yeah. be like well i'm not gonna help you then no i'm not exactly. you know you're gonna you're gonna help them for that, so. pop, pop, push people in different directions where they need to be wonderful so that can help them well, um, I've really enjoyed chatting to you and uh, we'll, we'll get you back on the show. There is a couple of ideas I want to work with in, in the new year. Okay. I think you might be a part of some of those plans. So I'll speak to them after the air. Um, yeah. 
I really appreciate this. Um, guys, thank you so much for, for tuning in to the, the Shrewsbury Biscuit. I mentioned at the beginning of the show, but I think it's worth mentioning again that we are building a brand new website. I want something that looks sexy, you know, and I feel like we're, the Web Orchard are, are going to be making something like that. We looked at a few ideas. It's really funny. I went to um, their offices in Coton Hill and uh, they made me a cappuccino, Pete did, and I knocked it. Like, bearing in mind, this is like a computer office with wires and laptops and stuff everywhere sideswipe that cup right across the table cut, cut, cappuccino everywhere oh, wow. i was so embarrassed uh, um but yeah they make <laughs> they make a good cappuccino it, it was a great cappuccino i had a quarter of it left it was nice um but no um they they, they do a great job and so keep an eye out for what's going on there uh with uh with uh with um web orchard but there are spots left for sponsors we're looking for sponsors we need we need to bring some money into the show so that we can grow um because i think there's great potential out there for us we're trying to find funding and we need new equipment i need it i want to i want a studio in town that's what i really want but um uh we have a loud voice the show has grown exponentially over the last few weeks we've got more listeners so there's more potential to be heard so if you have a business you have an idea, a company you want people to hear about, then please get in touch. Um, I'm offering pennies, pennies, people, for the advertising. Uh, the, the, the the cheapest option we have is £100 a month, which uh, the, at its most expensive is £25 an episode. And you can buy in and out of that. There's no contracts or anything. If you want a month, buy a month. And that's how we do it. So if you need it, get in touch and uh, we will we'll get you heard right thank you so much Stephen for chatting thank to you. me uh, thank you for listening to the episode guys and we'll, we'll, we'll catch you guys next time um, peace out